Hey everyone, this is Mike Whitfield, Certified Turbulence Trainer with WorkoutFinishers.com and TurbulenceTraining.com and this is the transformation call and I'm really excited because I have the legendary winner of the second transformation contest, Catherine Gordon. Catherine, welcome to the call. Hey Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, how about yourself? Really, really good. Great. Well, I'm really excited about this because I've always, uh, you kind of have a a spunk that I like about you, (laughs) and so I know you're going to bring a lot of energy, but this is going to be really good stuff because I know we'll talk about mindset, we'll also talk of, you know, what was that turning point that got you going, and then of course we'll get some tips on what you do to to not only keep the weight off, but also some tips of, of how you overcame some objections and of course, obstacles and things like that. So thank you for taking the time to talk to us. You're most welcome. I'm I'm really happy to be here. I, I, I love the subject. I'm immersed in the subject. I care deeply about you know, taking the success that I was able to have and uh, showing other people how to do the same. Very cool. All right, let's jump into it. Obviously, you know, for the most part, a lot of people just have that problem of just getting started. They had that stumbling block of just getting going, and, and a lot of times, you know, like I said, that's half the battle. So what was it? What was your turning point that made you take action, not only to start losing weight, but to, you know, to jump headfirst into such a, a contest like this? Well, I, I think <clears throat> I'd like to say that in many ways there were two turning points. There was the turning point where I, I knew I had to do something, and then there was the turning point where <laughs> I had to do something effective. Let, let me explain what that what that means. A, a sure. couple of years before I went into the contest, um, I was um, trying to choreograph a dance number. I had... Uh, you know, gained a great deal of weight um, during a pregnancy and after quitting smoking and hadn't managed to lose it. I had gotten all the way up to, I'm 5'1", and I'd gotten all the way up to 200 pounds, um, <laughs> which is a lot of weight on, on a frame this small. And probably at, the, at this point I was, you know, pretty close to 160, 155, and I was trying to, to, to choreograph a dance number with a new dance number, and I was doing what we call a grand chute, which is a really big jump, and I was demonstrating it. And I did it three times in a row, and I came down wrong, and I broke my foot in four places. And, oh, I, yeah, I realized that I was not going to be able to do what I love to do in, this, in that particular body with that much body fat on me and being that overweight. Um, so I healed. I was, you know, in a cast for eight weeks, and I started my search for, the, for something that was going to work. And I tried a lot of different things, and I tried a lot of the – I was continuing to do um, lots of traditional cardio. I really thought that I had to be on the treadmill for, like, you know, an hour and then go and try to lift weights on the machines, you know, the electric machines where you're doing lots and lots of repetitions. Sure. Um, and so the, the first turning point I had, what was sad about that is that I had that turning point, but the things that I was doing, they weren't effective, and the diets that I was trying weren't all that effective. They would work for a little while, and then, then I'd, you know, break and go crazy. So that was very difficult. But then to bring us up to um, what happened, the turning point before I did succeed, was, you know, the wonderful story where in the course of one week, I, I went to the grocery store twice. And the first time I went to the store, I went on a Tuesday. And it was, you know, Senior Discount Tuesday, and I was 
43. I hadn't turned 44 at this time, and I was offered the senior discount. And then the, a couple of days later, I came with, to the store with my son, who was like six at the time, and the gal who helped me out with my groceries asked if he was my grandson. And I just was like, <laughs> I'm 43 years old. I'm not 65. Right. Wow. Yeah, and, and so what you start to realize is that you get, Mike, you get this awareness. You become aware, for me, you know, breaking my foot was one thing. And then the other thing was becoming aware of how other people saw me. And what it was is that that's not who I was. I was not a 65-year-old grandmother. I was a 43-year-old young mother. And I realized that I need to find some way to get back to my authentic identity. And at that particular time, the turbulence training program was on my computer. I had bought it a month before, and I had even printed out, you know, the the first workouts. And those workouts were back in the, you know, the guest room that, you know, used to be my, my mother's room before when she would visit us before she passed. And it was back in a drawer in there because we had that kind of guest room where, you know, the TV's back there and the bed's back there and then, you know, the exercise equipment is back there, right? Sure. And so what happened was is that that experience made me go and uh, get it out of the drawer and say, okay, now I've got, I've bought this TT thing. And, and I think anybody who's in, you know, the, the business that you're in uh, understands that there are going to be people out there who, you know, bless their hearts, they're going to buy your program, and that's fantastic, but they're never going to use it. And, you know, you can have the best program in the world right at your fingertips, but if you don't actually take action and start doing that program, the magic's not going to happen. Right. So that was um, that was the turning point that, that made me take action. Absolutely. And I can certainly understand that. I, I'll, I can see how that moment was probably different than the other moments because it was it was it kind of stung a little I would imagine yeah it it had to do with it it hurt it hurt my pride, but it also you know it kind of scared me a little bit because it made me say, "Who am I? you know who is this woman woman that people are seeing and it made me say, "You know this is not who I am, and that I realized that you know I had to get back to who I really am because you know. You know, as a wife and a mother, you know, my husband has always been great. And, you know, when you really love somebody, you look at him and, you know, you see beautiful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and and your child, too. Um, but, you know, I had to really get into this understanding that this is not my reality. My reality is, is young and vital and vibrant and, and, if I may, sexy. And I'm like, I want to get back to that woman. And so that's what <laughs> sure. I had to do. Absolutely. And it, you know, if I may, I'm gonna. I, if I may go on, I, I want to connect it to um, specifically why it brought me back to turbulence training and why it brought me into the contest. Is oh, definitely. that? Sure. Yeah, I have a great, a real debt of gratitude to Emily J, who was the winner of the first transformation contest, because it was her before and after pictures that convinced me that wait a minute, maybe I can do that too. And there was this, you know, Emily's, you know, was younger. You know, she's a young professional woman. Um, but, you know, she had her cute little horn rim glasses and everything. And, and the before and after picture, and a lot of people commented on it, 
that, you know, in the before picture, she was just kind of like, you know, your everyday average gal. And then in her after picture, she was like, oh, my God, that's the person that you'd like, you know, run across the bar to give her your number, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so there was something, and there, so there was also that certain, you know, you talked about the spunk and things like that. There, there, there was that wonderful, you know, enthusiasm in her that I think spoke directly to to my heart and my sense of confidence. There was something about her that made me say, you know what, I I think I've got that in me too. That's great. Yeah, and, and I like how you. Yes, I think you know. Obviously, when that, that's the good news is, I know from my own story, I've actually mm. been able to indirectly inspire my sister, who now can I think outdo me on any half marathon. Seriously? Yeah, it's it's been great, and it's just it's cool that you know it kind of pays it forward, kind of the pay it forward effect. I think that can have a big impact. Indeed, it has. Very cool. Well, other than the the cardio that you talked about, Mm. was there any other resistance training program that you tried to do before turbulence training that maybe you just didn't get good results, and maybe that's why it didn't work out for you? Yeah, and I'm really so glad that this this question is part of what you're asking because I think, you know, the audience for this call is is you know going to be not not only people who want to change, but it's, it's trainers as well. They want to know how to help their clients, right? Absolutely. Biggest flaw in the um, in the resistance training, um, you know, modalities or workouts that that I followed. The biggest flaw, Mike, is that they were too hard at the beginning. And they were too hard in lots of different ways. Um, they, they were very difficult in terms of understanding the technique, and they were also very difficult in terms of there is this tendency to give women, uh, you know, very, very high repetitions of, of any exercise. This is, you know, that, that old-fashioned training. You know, Craig has, you know, called it, well, Shape Magazine training or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. But, but the, the biggest problem, I tried resistance training i tried lifting weights but the thing was is that these these workouts they didn't ramp up properly and what was happening is every time i tried a new program i would end up literally not being able to walk for a week Mm. so what i really want you know if there are trainers hearing me right now i want you to understand the 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 deconditioned gym client, you know, even though I was active and I walked and I did, you know, I think I had, I was already doing yoga and things like that. Um, as far as weightlifting and resistance training, I was still deconditioned. And I think one of the ways that trainers can really help their, their overweight trunk clients like me who, who want to transform, because I was pretty seriously overweight at that point. I was still, I think, at a BMI of almost 30. You know, please start them with a beginning or an introductory program so they are not so sore that they immediately start missing their workouts. And you can hear the passion in my voice because here's what happens, Mike. When you give a brand-new client a routine that's too hard and makes them too sore, they are going to miss their second training session. And when you miss that second session, and then you miss that third session because you're still sore, I'm sorry, it's going to take a saint to come back to that training program. Excellent and I think advice. this is what a lot of trainers are missing. You And I'm not saying that you've got to wimp out on that client, 
But I think that, you know, you've got to be honest with them, and you're going to say, you know what, on this first session, I want to see what you can do. I want to give you an introductory workout that's going to teach you how to do these exercises properly, and then we're going to move you into progression to see if we can get you some heavier weights and see if we can get you, you know, some more volume of work so we can see those changes. And I think this is where a lot of trainers are missing the boat is that, you know, if you if you hurt that, you know, it, anyway, yeah, you can see what I'm saying. So that was what Back was wrong with those other wild. programs. Right. And, they and scared I totally me off. Agree. <laughs> they scared me off, to be quite <laughs> honest. And I think uh, I'm not going to – and I think that there are some programs out there right now that are just, you know, out of the box. They're just too difficult for people. And and what's and the turbulence training program, it has not only the introductory workout, but it's got the beginning workout. I mean, there's – and this is, you know, what I want to say to people who want to transform. Have the patience to start within the parameters of your ability. Have that patience. You know, pay your dues for those first four weeks to learn how to use your program and then go hit the gas. Awesome advice, and I love the way you put that, too. That's, <laughs> uh, I, I like that. <laughs> well, you write, you know, uh, you, you write, you know, workout finishers, and I know that you have, that you have progression in your program. And I know that you want, you know, the, the people who buy your program, you want them to understand how to properly do the F exercise before they dig right in and hit it hard, right? Yep, absolutely. That I way put they in the manual out. to start off with less rounds or something like that. So, yeah. Because a lot of people, you know, they, they, they have that mentality of it's all or nothing. And, you know, like you said, the next day they can't hardly walk. And that's mm. very discouraging. So I can it, totally relate to that. It really I like that. is. Yeah, and, and I think the way you said pay your dues, I, I really like that because that truly is what it is. I mean, you've you got to get your feet wet. You kind of have to get acclimated yeah. to this type of training, and then you can slowly, you know, of course, transition from there. You know, and please, you know, if you want to, you know, use that, you know, when you write about your programs or, in, you know, when you have time to, to work with people, um, anything that – one of the things that I like to say is any good idea I ever had – somebody else thought of first so you know i want to say when i talk to you or talk to craig or i read the things that other trainers write you know i just want to say i try to give credit where credit was due is due but i'm like you know man if there's anything i say that sounds remotely helpful please use it because man people out there need help yeah they really do yes indeed and there, so good. Know, there's a lot of people that need our help so great <laughs> advice are. good way of putting it very cool. Let's uh, let's jump into uh, some of the, the biggest habits that you implemented that led to results. Do you have like maybe your top two or three habits that really kind of ignited the uh, you know the improvement of, of where you were going? I, I certainly do, Mike. And I uh, and I don't know if this is well, of course it's not unique to me, but I don't know what percentage of people are doing this. And I've given this advice also, you know, over on the turbulence training forums and. Um, I, once you're ready, you know, to take this step where, say, you're going to dedicate, you know, if you're going into a transformation contest, you're saying, I'm going to dedicate the next 12 weeks to this endeavor, or whether you're going to, or whether you're more saying, okay, I'm going to change my lifestyle. Um, one of the ways, um, 
the practical ways that you can become a fitness enthusiast, because this is what I feel that we become, get out your calendar. Pick your training modality, you know, whether I, I'm going to use a turbulence training as an analogy. I'm going to say, you know, if you're going to do, you know, TT2003, one of our favorites, get that, print it out, get it out, get out your calendar or your iPhone or whatever it is, and I want you to schedule those training sessions. The same way that you would schedule a doctor appointment, a dental appointment, um, a business appointment, you get out your calendar and schedule them. Give them that priority um, because what you have to do is that you have got to, you've got to create the habit of physical fitness. You've got to become that fitness enthusiast. And the way you become that fit, fitness enthusiast is you, you, you commit to doing that training and you put it in your calendar. Because, um, and I've actually, I've had this conversation a little bit with Craig, and I always like the fact that I'm a bit of a, um, a contrarian in that I believe that the foundation of transformation is the fitness as opposed to the diet. I believe that, that being a consistent exercise enthusiast and a fitness enthusiast is going to give you the kind of emotional, hormonal, and physical stability that's going to allow you to address your nutrition. So tip one, write down, <laughs> write down your training. And then the, the second practical, practical tip, and, of course, this is, you know, Craig, um, you know, re- repeats this to very good effect. This is so important is that, and this is more, more in terms of the way you eat. Um, boy, preparation. Oh, my goodness. The, one, of the, one of the great keys that you put in the lock of transformation is that if you will go to the grocery store, do that shopping, bring your appropriate protein sources home and cook them and prepare them, bring your appropriate vegetables home and wash them and have them ready to go one or two days a week. And you know, For some people, one for me, it's at least two because we go through so much food in this house and, you know, I, I got to shop twice a week. But, but, but prepare your food. Get the good choices ready for you because in the modern world, the way we screw up, especially, you know, working moms, career girls, students, the way we screw up is when good, healthy, sustaining, satisfying food isn't available. Girls, women, guys too, you got to make sure that that good food is available to you because if it isn't, man, you are going to reach for something else because you're going to get hungry. So, so schedule the fitness and and man, you know, prepare that food. Don't put yourself in positions where the only thing available is is junk. Don't do that to yourself. And uh, if you develop that habit, that's also the kind of habit that is going to keep you lean and happy and feeling good four, five, six, ten years after you've lost the weight you want to lose. Well said. And it's definitely you can't you, you have to set up your environment for success. Mm-hmm. I know I'll be the first to admit Nicely and just said. being transparent here is if it's in the house I'm going to eat it. Mm-hmm. And you know, sweets not so much but crunchy, salty mm-hmm. carbs Chips and stuff, mm-hmm. I will go to town on that stuff. So it can't be in the house. I have to eliminate it. 
So I, I have to set up my environment for success. Uh, I I like the way you say that, environment for success, exactly. And you know what's interesting about that, too, is that, you know, on a bit of a tangent, you know, that might even be that you need to clear some clear some clutter. Maybe you need to kind of, like, clean up your environment. You know, you know what I'm saying? Clean out your closet. Sure. Clean out the club. You know, get the refrigerator nice and clean. You know, get 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 the extra papers off your desk. I think that, and I think to a certain extent, you know, kind of getting rid of some of the life clutter and giving yourself a an attractive environment can help take some of the stress out of your life. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. Those are some some great habits, and of course they make perfect sense too. I mean, I I'm kind of old fashioned. I have a, a whiteboard on my wall. Mm. And at the top of it is my to-do list, and then below that is my schedule for the day. And, I'm um, looking I'm at mine right now. Yeah. Do you want to know <laughs> what's at the top of my whiteboard? You want to know? Can I read it to you? It's Sure. <clears throat> Whatever your dreams are, start taking them very, very seriously. And I don't know who said that first, but that's what's at the Simple. top of my whiteboard. Simple and effective. I like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, you take you know time time to take your dreams seriously. Do something Absolutely. about them. Absolutely. No matter what they are, too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good good thing to have at your top of the whiteboard for sure. I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, obviously, when when somebody starts off with a brand new program, whether mm-hmm. it's a nutrition program or workout program, you know, the the newness of it, the the anxiety, the the thrill of it all, that usually that'll be enough for the first, you know, one to two, maybe even three weeks. Mm-hmm. But after that, that's when, you know, momentum starts to slow down. Of course, I see this in January all the time at the gym. About mm-hmm. the third or fourth week into January, it starts to dissipate. What would you say, what kept you going? What What would you say that, uh, you know, how were you able to stick stick this out? Because obviously the contest lasts for 12 weeks, which is, you know, that's three months. Mm-hmm. How are you able to, to go the entire journey? Well, there's, there's quite a few things, but the thing that's coming into my head right now is this wonderful phrase that I absolutely love, and that is, <clears throat> success is motivation. So by the time I got into, I really started to see some success, you know, around well, a little history. I started TT about four weeks before the contest started. So my dues paying kind of happened in those first four weeks, and I really didn't lose any weight in those first four weeks. But when I started the contest, I already had four weeks of TT under my belt. So that meant that once I started, that's when the fat started coming off. And that's when I started to see results. And the thing is, is you have got to celebrate that success and enjoy the success you've had um, and that is what's going to motivate you forward. In other words, success is motivation. And one of the things that I'm actually seeing in, in one of my clients right now, one of the things that I saw myself is that this is so important. Do not wait to celebrate your success, your beauty, what you've done. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you necessarily are depending on other people telling you you're fabulous. I'm saying if you've gone through those first three or four weeks, and you're starting to get into that period where things slow down, um, th- this is when, you know, I hope you saved a little bit of money so that, you know, you can go out and, and, and buy that new dress. Or maybe it's just a simple, you know, new tank top that you're getting at, you know, Target for $5 that you're going to wear to work out in. 
this is really important is that as soon as you start to see success, start integrating it, start start celebrating it, start living your life as the person that you want to be. And this is what I'm also seeing in my, you know, the people that I'm working with who are succeeding. I can see it happen in them, Mike. They start to they start to dress differently. They start to carry themselves differently. They 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 start living, you know, now in this way that they really like themselves. Now, this is not talking about. I don't think we're talking about like plateaus yet. This because that's kind of a different subject, and you know the that's you know you you kind of need to do some some different things, but but what's important is I have this phrase, and it's be beautiful now, and and that don't wait until you're at twenty percent body fat to start you know feeling like you know you're a fabulous looking person because you know I guarantee you. <laughs> You know, after you lose that, you know, that first five pounds, and especially once you're getting into, like, that first ten pounds, your, your body is changing. And I want you to celebrate that change right now. Don't wait to start enjoying the life that you're transforming for. Great advice. I like that. And that, that, I'm that a big believer in that, too. Oh, also, yes. also, this is really important. Um, the, yes. the way, I mean, obviously, I have never become bored with turbulence training. This is, you know, today is, you know, this is July of of, of 2012. I started back in April of 2008. Just Monday, I started a brand new, the the latest uh, workout, and I can't remember what it's called. Darn it! But it's brand new, and it totally hit me in different places. And I got just that, you know, that that little bit of soreness in my lower body that doesn't slow you down, but lets you know that you got a good good training session. So that's the, uh, the buff body. The, which one? The buff backyard buff body. No, it's not backyard buff body. It's uh, it, it's from the actual turbulence training manual. TT Power Twelve, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, TT TT Power Fat Loss Training. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that one. That, yes. Yeah, Craig's got the mask on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, listen, yeah. I love this. Superhero ripped with superhero moves. I mean, isn't that amazing? I started this out as a totally overweight, stay-at-home mom, right? And here it is, sure. 2012, and I'm doing the freaking superhero training. <laughs> and that's what's so exciting. And, you know, it's that not is. to say that I'm, you know, out there killing it. Um, you know, lifting the heaviest weights. But the thing is, you know, I'm um, 48, and of course I'm in good shape, and I'm 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 a trainer now. But um, I'm doing these advanced exercises. But I'm smart. I do them smart. I don't I don't let my. For example, you've got a you've got a KB or a DB high pull in here. I'm not going to go and grab a 30 pound dumbbell and try to do that. No, I stay within my abilities so in other words one of the ways you keep it from getting boring is that you you change your program every four weeks and you keep progressing but once again you don't let your ego run away with you um you know and do things that are beyond your ability absolutely that's great (laughs) to see how far you've come because you know one thing i've always told my clients is the best person that you can compare yourself to is yourself Mm. i agree 100 percent mike yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I think we look too much to to Hollywood and celebrities and things like that, and yeah. we never take the time to look at how far we've come, 
as we as we journey along. And you know, I know how you talked about celebrating the small successes. I specifically remember a time when I was in the dressing room at the mall. I literally called my buddy from the dressing room because I just realized I was out of the 40s and into the 30s. As far as oh, I love size. it when guys do that, too. That's fantastic. <laughs> Dude, I'm so out of my 40s. I'm out of the 40s and in the 30s. Yay. Yep. That's, not only that, but, you know, it's... Sometimes you know, you know, a little bit of personal vanity is a good thing, because what happens is that coming down in the 30s, you've just, as far as your health goes, you've made amazing strides for yourself, for your health, by doing something that that's going to, you know, that that, that makes you excited on a personal level. Sure, absolutely, and I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that because that's important because. And as a matter of fact, I think we'll we'll go ahead and talk about plateaus in a little bit. Yeah, but that's we should. We should. Really important. Yeah, because you're you know eventually sometimes you're, you're going to hit that wall. Yeah. Or or at least some uh, you know some slow down. Yep. And it'll be time to you know you know what I'm either going to give up or I'm just going to keep going. So let's talk a little bit about that. What kind of advice do you have for somebody that is either struggling to get started or for somebody that may have already started? but they've hit a wall or a plateau? Well, um, it, number one, I mean, one of the best things that we, we can try as far as we can is, is is prevention. I mean, look, I've got to admit, though, if you're going to go on this journey, um, I just I don't think I've met anybody. Um, all right, well, maybe 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 my, my sister Sally or something who didn't, who didn't hit a plateau in this journey. No, nah, she did too. So I, I think, you know, in some ways you've got to accept that if you're going to go on this journey and if you're going to take it all the way, plateaus are, are, are going to happen. They're kind of like if you're, you know, if you're, if you're on a road trip, you're going to have to stop at the gas station sometimes. You know, you're not sure. going to be moving forward all the time. So understand before you even start the process that this may happen so you can start to be proactive. One of the ways that you can be proactive um, is that um, Craig talks about the minimum effective dose. And if you're starting at like, you know, 35% body fat, please, please, please don't start following um, a fitness model's food plan. Please don't do that. If you're if you're in the 30s, there's absolutely no reason for you to be eating chicken's breast and and green vegetables exclusively. Do you see what I'm saying, Mike? Sure, absolutely. That, you know, I used to talk about during that second transformation contest. I used to be like it was like you know hitting the side of a barn with buckshot. You know, all I had to do was become aware of my of what I was eating and maybe, you know, pull down some of my calorie content a little bit and try to eat some more vegetables and man the weight started coming off. So so at the beginning, you know, if you've got a ways to go, please do what it takes to maybe lose one or two pounds a week. Don't go straight for some of these some of these plans that are gonna just do not allow your impatience to derail you. All right, so that's number one, minimum effective dose as far as nutrition and really your training goes. And then as you go on your journey, yes, you're going to have to become a little bit more, shall we say, um, you know, professional <laughs> about how you're eating and how you're moving. I call it moving from like, you know, the the JV to the varsity. You know, there's there's like, you know, elementary fat loss, there's 
junior varsity fat loss and then there's varsity fat loss. I like that. Yeah, use it because, you know, varsity fat loss is probably about where, you know, um, I, I know it's like where I am right now. I'm in a really good place. I'm, you know, my got a good BMI, got a nice amount of body fat. But if I wanted to do a photo shoot, um, or if I was going to be, you know, trying to win, you know, another TT contest or something, I'd really have to step some things up nutritionally. Um, but what I'm saying is, is like, don't try doing those things at the very beginning. Okay. And the second thing about plateaus is, and let's be practical on, on this, I have found that generally for me and, and for women I work with, the plateaus start to happen when, when the girls start to get slippery with their hydration. Now, a lot of people are arguing these days about actually whether those eight glasses of water a day are really important, and there's some argument in the science on that. But anecdotally and in my experience, I find that that first plateau starts to happen when, especially with gals, when they start screwing around with their hydration. In other words, they're doing things like, you know, substituting, you know, like diet sodas for water or they're drinking more more coffee with you know maybe something in the coffee rather than water i think i i this is where i find that some of the slipperiness happens first and then the other practical thing is you know are you getting slippery on your eating are you starting to lack awareness on your eating and this is when you might you know, if you have not been consistently journaling, like using Fit Day, or I actually, I have a Fitbit, and that comes with, uh, with with a food journal program in it, this might be the time when you need to start going back to this. And then another practical tip, Mike, is if you're on a plateau, I mean, literally, you know, you've been you, you, you four weeks and you haven't lost any weight, it, it might be time to weigh and measure, especially your calorie-dense foods. If you haven't been weighing and measuring, it might be time to certainly to measure any fats you're using, your olive oil, your grass-fed butter, or whatever it is. And it may also be time to measure, um, you know, how big your 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 protein portions are. And you know, if you're eating, you know, carbs like sweet potatoes or potatoes or things like that, that you you may also want to measure those as well and make sure that you're really being honest with yourself about what you're consuming. Good advice, and that's that's a big key because I know for me, when I I actually implemented intermittent fasting, yeah, yeah, uh, about three years ago, and one thing I really understood was some triggers that mm. made me eat more than what I usually usually would. Yeah. Like I would literally I would eat something at the gym, and literally like right before I left, and then come home twenty minutes later and just automatically. Get a handful of cashews. Now, of uh, course, cashews—you know—they're not—they're not bad for you. Good fats or whatnot. But I was getting them just because it was habit. It was just something I did once I got home. Mm-hmm. And so I know by implementing intermittent fasting, I really, you know, understood. Oh, I'm just—that's a trigger. As soon as I walk through the door, I get cashews. And yeah. I think you get the same results and the same feedback by, like you said, by journaling what you eat, because you can really start to discover what your triggers are and what your, your habits are and, uh, you know, really hone in and, and figure out, oh, you, you know, you may have thought you were bringing in 1,800 calories a day, but you're actually bringing in 2,200. And so oh. it will really open your eyes. Yeah, and I'm really g- glad that you, you mentioned um, 
I think we're coming into a place when it comes to, you know, diet and nutrition and, you know, the quantity and the quality of food. I mean, I really think that there are some big breakthroughs and awarenesses coming. And, you know, whether you're using the tool of, of intermittent fasting where, where you're literally cutting off and you're saying, okay, the eating has stopped, <laughs> right? Or whether right. you're using the tools of getting very clear uh, about, you know, exactly what you're taking in. And then the, the other tool that's really, really helpful um, is getting honest with yourself about do you, uh, it, it, because I do, this is absolutely true, but I have found that not everybody does. It's a pretty, sm- in my opinion, it's a small percentage of the of, of the population is like me. Um, and I think this is really important. I, I am a compulsive overeater. One of my earliest memories is actually of a binge on on white bread. I know that I must have been younger than six because of the house we were in. And I was, you know, climbing up on the kitchen counter and literally sneaking and stealing food as as early as five or six years old. Um, so, you know, I can't really blame my parents for that. I mean, I this there was something biologically about me that I, you know, I could literally at age five, you know, eat half a loaf of Wonder Bread. And I, I only stopped because I knew if I ate more, I would get busted, right? So sure. one of the things that I do think, and I know we were talking about plateaus, but now I'm really talking about self-awareness, is that, if you are one of those people like me, you may not, even even if you use all the tools, even if you use intermittent fasting, even if you use tracking and journaling, you know, even if you use, you know, the 80-20 rule where 80% of the time you're following your program, you may be one of this percentage of the population that simply cannot go there, that and for example, you can say, "Oh, well, you have to have a piece of cake at a wedding." But Mike, would you tell some tell an alcoholic that they have to have champagne at the wedding? Mm. Wow! So yeah, I, I want the, I want the trainers out there, and I have to be honest. I you know I haven't been training for very long, and I have not yet met a client who's like me. So I don't know that there's a big amount of the population that is like me. But I want the trainers hearing this interview to understand that we are out there 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 are people like me out there that that bread or cake or sugar or th- is literally to me the same thing as 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 alcohol would be somebody with an alcohol problem absolutely and believe it or not i'm, I'm actually i would say i'm at least close to one of those because if, you wonder if i'm at a party or whatnot if there's like chips or whatever I mean, I could, you know, I could put away a, a full supersized bag by myself, you know, while I'm watching football. So yeah. I literally, I, I, I don't buy them because I know what, how much damage I could do. I can easily eliminate a week's worth of workouts in, in just a couple of hours. Well, can I ask so, you a question, Mike? Sure. If, if you, if you don't eat these foods, um, after about three days, do you notice that the desire to eat them goes away? Does the desire leave you? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. don't get me wrong, I still have those foods. I just, I, you know, yeah. I limit it to once, you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks. But, <laughs> yeah. but definitely throughout the week, I, I have no cravings for those. Now, if it's in front of me, that, that craving obviously is going to change. Yeah. But I certainly don't get the desire to go out to the store and, and get, you know, chips or whatnot because 
I, I literally kind of, I would say, train my tongue to, to crave healthier foods. Oh, and that I is such a, a – yeah. I really need to comment on that because that is so important because I do think that in, you know, certainly in the U.S., the way we're eating in the United States, and, of course, we we export our style of eating to the rest of the world more and more, is that I think one of the things that's happened in the U.S. is that, is that oh, my God, Mike, what we're doing to our taste buds. Mm. We're, we're yep. giving ourselves this food that's just like, you know, it's a party in your mouth all the time. And I think that what happens is is that these intensely flavored foods, these processed foods that are that are processed literally to just be insanely palatable, what happens is they kind of wreck our taste buds for you know the the, the whole wholesome unprocessed foods. And I, I think that as far as, let's go back to plateaus with this. If you want, I have found if you want to get off a plateau. If I want to get off a plateau, get all the freaking chemicals out of your diet. That means artificial colors, artificial sweeteners, artificial anything. If it's got, like, natural flavors in it, get rid of it. You know, if you want to break a plateau, just really, really, really stick to those whole natural foods. And, you know, and another thing is, you know, they say that, the, you know, a great secret is that, you know, you can get off a plateau just by drinking nothing but but water. And I'm not saying it's a water fast. What I'm saying is that when you have a beverage, it's not tea, it's not coffee, it is water only. And some people say, I haven't tried it yet, that this can get you off a plateau. It's literally the only beverage you put in your mouth is pure, clean water. Very cool. So that's a trick. Yeah, (laughs) it is. That's actually one I haven't heard, so that's, that's some good and info I only right heard there. This, I only heard this recently either. This wasn't my idea. This is something I was, you know, I, I came across someplace else that it was like, try this if you're on a plateau. The only thing you drink is water and see if it works. Very cool. That means well, there coffee. you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh on a plateau, God. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. You know, now that we're talking about temptations, let's talk yeah. about that a little bit. As you went on through your journey, Obviously, I'm sure you you faced some obstacles like parties, celebrations, things like that. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with temptations? How did you deal with those? Well, sometimes I gave in. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Because um, even early on, I mean, I started the contest, um, gosh, it must have been like right at the beginning of May of 2008. Um, You know, my husband's birthday is on the 31st. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, I freaking binged on cake for three days. And I still won that contest. <laughs> I'm not recommending this. But what you do is you don't give up. Human beings make mistakes. And you shake off that mistake and you go back to the gym and you eat clean and you keep going. Because I, I can't tell you how many times I screwed up and gave in. In the course of that contest that, that I won, and I completely transformed my body in, in 12 weeks, there were probably four major train wrecks within that contest and probably a number of other minor ones. And the thing that separates those of us who, who complete and, and, and who win, and I'm already seeing this in my practice, 
is um, is is the ones who stick with it, <laughs> whether or not you do screw up. Mm. It's much better not to screw up. It's mu- it's much me- better not to eat the cake three days in a row. But the truth is, is that you can still triumph if you are willing to come back to the positive plan that you've established for yourself. And once again, that's back to those scheduled training sessions and that healthy food that you've gone and you've bought and that you've prepared for yourself. Um, right, just like Greg says, you, you cut your losses and move on. Oh, he's absolutely right on that. Now, now I, I have to admit, though, I think one of the things you're talking about in your in your in your question is, you know, is there any way, you know, to to prevent and to overcome those temptations? And I'll I'll tell you, um, I went to we were at the summit together, right? And mm-hmm. oh, yeah. the uh, the the party at the summit on I guess it was Friday night was essentially, I mean, I don't know because I didn't go near the table. Um, it was a dessert party, and you know, which is fine, you know, because practically everybody there is like, oh my god, you know, fit buff people. But so I made sure to have um, a selection of foods forever before I ever went down to the party that were tasty and satisfying, and so my eating was done. So I didn't eat at I, – I got a cup of decaf, and that's what I had at that party. I did not eat at that party at all. Good plan. And that's just – that's another point that, you know, you, if you plan in advance, you can avoid temptations and downfalls. Prevention. Because it, it was much more important to me to get up the next morning feeling lean and mean and ready to go. Um, that was so much more of a priority to me than tasting those desserts. The feeling good about myself, you know, when I got up the next morning and did that, you know, that that wonderful um, training session that we did the next morning uh, where you led everybody and and all the different uh, workout finishers and stuff, it was much more important to me to feel great that morning than it was to eat those desserts. So I had to be proactive and make sure that I got a meal, a satisfying meal in me before I came downstairs to that party. So it may be to your clients, um, they may have to be completely proactive and, and and not eat at all at a party. Literally eat their meal beforehand, get themselves a, a, a glass of sparkling water or, you know, a glass of wine if you can have a glass of wine, and, and hold on to that puppy and nurse it. And, and here's the thing, here's the great benefit of that if we're talking about parties. You know, I had the opportunity at that party to talk to Ellen Cosgrove, and I got to talk to to Lisa and Laurie and all these different wonderful people. And one of the reasons that I got to talk to all of those people is that I was focused on them. I was coming to that party saying, here is an opportunity to really learn and hear from some successful, interesting people. So party-wise, you focus on the people, focus on the people, and the other thing is get the focus off yourself and get you. put it on them. So, you know, that's my party advice. Yeah, that's yeah. great advice, too. Yeah, so go into that party, go into that social situation, you know, as as an exercise in personal growth and and say, you know, wow, you know, how can I really enjoy Oh, Oh, or going to the movies. I've given up diet soda, so it used to be, like, so I don't eat at the movie theater anymore, anything. 
And it used to be that the movie theater was like, oh, I get my Coke Zero, yay. And now it's like, I'm, no, I'm not even going to have that. I go to the movie to see the darn movie. <laughs> good for you. And that's that's a very good point because a lot of people, I know I used to do this, I used to associate a certain event with food. And for me, 100%. it used to be, you know, every Sunday I would just pretty much veg on chips, salsa, you know, junk food, even desserts all day because, hey, it was football. That's, that's what I'm supposed to do. Well, now, if you're, was, if you're not eating chips, do they turn the game off? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> that was my mentality. <laughs> it's like, no, the game goes on whether you're eating or not. Yep. <laughs> you know, if I eat this chip, he's going to kick that field goal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm obnoxious, I know. Because the thing is, look, I still screw up. I still screw up. There are times when I that I just, you know, oh, man, I just, you know, the wagon collapses and I find my face in a jar of whatever. So I'm so not perfect. Oh, me neither. And oh. I don't think anybody is. So no. it's, you know, we're human. We sure are. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, all that matters is that you just, simply never ever give up and that's, no, that's where it that, really comes down to it's so true that's so true awesome well tell us a little bit about how you do plan your workouts do you plan them by the week by the month how do you how do you go about doing that well th- that's a really good question and the truth is is that yes i plan them by the month i really do and I, some people would probably roll their eyes and say, oh, my God, that's a little bit obsessive. And it's like, no, I like my workouts. For me, it's like, you know, it's almost like, you know, planning shoe shopping trips. And, like, of course <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plan those, you know. I mean, I'm teasing about the shoe shopping, but, well, not really. I love shoes. <laughs> At any rate. So, yeah, I plan them by the month. I have, you know – American Express, they ask you if they want you if you want that planner that they send every year, and I'm like, yeah, send it. I'll I'll pay the four bucks because there's something about having that book that you can lay out and open up, and you can literally and I do do it in pencil, but I pick my TT workouts and I write them in for the entire month. Now, if that's going to make you feel guilty or bad about yourself, maybe that's not a good plan. But see, the truth is, is that I love to train TT style. I love training TT style almost as much as I love to dance. And and so, of course, I, I set it up by the month. Well, there you go. Yeah. And, that's, you know, it doesn't matter if you, you know, to me, it doesn't matter if you plan a month out in advance or by the week. But the yeah. important thing is, is as long as you're planning, some kind of plan. Yeah, I am never in a situation where I'm, like, on the way to the gym wondering how I'm going to train that day. I have not been that person since April of 2008. And if you want to talk about what the number one fundamental life change that I have gone through is, is I never walk into a gym not knowing what I'm going to do that day. Those days are over because that's a waste of time. Right. And I know you you agree. Yes, because there's no way of measuring progress. Yes, because you've got no way of measuring progression, exactly. And and you know what? I think the thing that we have to understand about, about as trainers is that, you know, adaptation and progression are the name of the game. 
because I work with people who don't need to or want to lose weight. I actually, I can't believe it. I'm like, where are these people coming to work with me who don't need fat loss? They actually, what they're after is they're after adaptation, progression, and mastery. And if you don't have a program you're following, how the heck do you know if they're improving? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I go in there every workout, and I have my uh, have my little Excel spreadsheet in my in my pen. I take my uh, have a little small bag that I take with me on the way to the gym, and inside there is is my workout plan. And I write down every every rep, every set, what weight <laughs> I lifted, and and I always what I try to do is I always pick two exercises that I'm going to progress on. I'm either going to see if it, you know if it's a body weight exercise, I'll see if I can squeeze out one or two more reps. Oh, I of course, feel that. The resistance exercise, I'll try to you know increase the weight to to one or two exercises that way as well. But I always right. try to progress at something at each workout. But you're not going in there forcing yourself to to progress the entire routine. No. No, no you're definitely. training smart in that you're like going, okay, today I got to. I I love the, I I love that idea. The other thing is too. Is you know I ca- I gotta tell you this you know I kind of you know I look around the gym a little bit and you know I, I I train at another gym that has nothing to do with any of the work that I do the the gym that I go to I'm just I'm just Catherine in there doing my training right but I look right. around and I gotta tell you the guys who literally have got a log or a plan or something in their hands that they're writing things down those are the finest looking guys in the gym. I am not there you kidding. Go. And and it's really amazing. I, I was like, I have not seen I just don't see guys in the gym who are doing that, um, that that don't have, you know, really nice physiques. And I just I I know that there's a connection. Absolutely. And well you won the contest and you know, obviously you kept up with your workouts. And I, have. I know that, you know, I've trained a, a several clients that either placed or, or got first, and every one of those, you know, and of course, even the, the success stories that I read that I don't, I've never heard of, the people I didn't even hear of, mm-hmm. talked about how they would log, you know, the workouts and how they would log their sets and reps. And I think that can have a huge impact because what it does mentally, I think, is more important than what it does for the for the fat loss. I think the fat loss that comes with it mm-hmm. is just a byproduct of what it does for you mentally. Yeah, and and I think the mental thing, Mike, that you're talking about is awareness and honesty with the self. You become aware about where you are. One of the things that that takes our goals away from us and gets in the ways of our goals is this amnesia that we develop, you know, because there's this part of all of us that just wants to lay on the couch and, and, and eat and, you know, roll around in the hay and just be silly, right? And that part of us, would love nothing for nothing better than for us to, you know, like in the Wizard of Oz, they lay down in the field of poppies and they go to sleep just before they get to the Emerald City. There's a sure. part of us that would just like us to lay down and go to sleep. And right. the way that you keep that part of you from taking charge is that you stay aware. And logging and tracking, this helps to give you awareness. Which also leads to me to the other awareness. And I'm not the only one who said that. That, and you've had the wonderful opportunity to work with people who've, who've won or placed in the contest. The other great key is the before picture. And the reason why is that if you take that before picture in your trunks or your swimsuit, 
you are accepting yourself totally in that moment and you are coming into a total awareness of how you appear. Because if you are willing to take that before picture, and especially if you're willing to post it in the forums, you are saying, this is who I am. I understand and accept it. I am going to tell myself the truth. I'm going to get honest about how I look right now. And that, man, the people who can do that, the people who have got the will and desire to do that, those are the people who very often end up succeeding because they're honest with themselves. Well said. Good advice. <laughs> I've thought like about that. this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, a I lot. Everybody, you got a lot of spunk, so you, you're definitely bringing it. So that's that's great. <laughs> Well, you have just totally gave us some amazing info and, of course, some great nuggets that I'm sure every one of us can use, whether we're just a casual fitness enthusiast or, yeah. or a trainer. We can certainly translate this to our clients and help them get the most out of their uh, their sessions as well. So I want to personally thank you for taking the time to, you know, to share with us all this great stuff. Oh, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Definitely. I really like your attitude too, Mike, and your sense of humor. Although I got to say, sometimes you know, I'll look at you like, "Oh God, he's joking." <laughs> I know I'm not the only one who's told you that either. Oh no, definitely not. That's the game I like to play. Ah, uh, you know, and I like that about you. In some ways, life is a game. <laughs> yep. Got to have fun, right? Yeah, you do. You do. Very cool. Well, thank you so much again for taking the time to talk to us. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. Everybody, definitely take this information and use it for yourself and, of course, with your clients if you're a trainer on the call. But uh, definitely take this info. It's really good nuggets. And uh, take a listen, and hopefully this will help you with your transformation goals. But until next time, we will talk to you soon. Again, this is Mike Whitfield, Certified Turbulence Trainer with WorkoutFinishers.com and TurbulenceTraining.com, and we will talk to you next time.